Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, what were the strange figures someone saw in their home late in the night that faded off to nothing? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown. Possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. To share your real ghost stories with us, we'd love to hear it. And, uh, of course, you can write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you like the program, you want access to our bonus episodes, advanced episodes, all the extra stuff we give out there to you all throughout the year and the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. And it's all ad-free, all commercial-free, so you can binge away without any commercials. Check out uh, patreon.com slash realghoststories or go to ghostpodcast.com and uh, sign up there. If you do the yearly membership, you get one month free, so even an extra bonus uh, for that. Tony and Harper with you on today's episode of the program. Oh, I got to turn your mic. There, you're on mic over here. Okay, go ahead. Happy Easter, people. It's, it's December 15th. We're, we're a little bit ahead of the curve, a little bit. Uh, but I can guarantee you probably back in those stock rooms of places like Walmart and Target, I would imagine there's probably already a couple boxes of stuff there uh, for the Easter aisle. Yeah, thing. And I can almost guarantee there's Valentine's Day stuff. Oh, yeah. Because last year, um, I remember walking through a store and it wasn't even Christmas Day. It was, I mean, it was like December 20th. So like around now. And there was already an aisle up of Valentine's Day stuff. It's like, what, what, what are we doing? Why are we, you know, <laughs> why are we doing this like that? But uh, it, uh, it is, I guess, how it is. <laughs> So, uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Share your real ghost stories with us. We would absolutely love to hear them. First letter we got here says, hello, Harper. It's her show after all. Tony, Carol, and last but not least, Todd. I'd like to share some (coughs) odd happenings I've experienced. First, I've written in before, but in a horrible format. I copied, then pasted a report I turned into the local Catholic church. The report was about my son's experience at Dachau concentration camp. Even if you uh, don't air that report, I hope you read and digest it. It's worth the read, but maybe a little controversial and sad for reading on your podcast. I guess my few experiences were when I was married to my first husband, a full-blood Lakota Indian. Lakota are from South Dakota. As I suspect you know, Native Americans in general are very spiritual and seem to have a close connection to the spiritual world, for lack of a better way to say it. Unfortunately, my story is kind of sad, but interesting in a way. While I was with my first husband, Myron, I think we may have had a poltergeist or something else. Myron sadly went down the path of so many Native Americans. He did drugs and drank a lot. He actually died earlier this year from complications due to alcoholism. He was only 56. Many times during our marriage, he would be out partying and I'd be home alone with our baby son and my two stepsons. I started to hear things while he was out. We had a typical remote control garage door opener so that the car could be parked in the garage with ease. I started hearing the garage door open late at night while he was out. I would hear it open, car pulls in and closes. 
I get up, out of bed, walk down the hall into the kitchen. That was where the garage connected to the house. Nothing was there. I'd opened the door from the kitchen to the garage, and outside garage door wasn't open. Now I heard as clear as day that the garage door opened, the car pulled in, and then the garage door closed. This is how it all started. These occurrences started progressing. My husband would be out partying or be late at night or early morning. I'd hear the garage door open, car pulls in, the garage door closed. Then I would hear the door from the garage to the kitchen open and close. Then nothing. I would often get out of bed, check if Myron was there, see that he wasn't, go back to bed. After many occurrences of this specific scenario, it progressed more. Myron would be out partying late at night. The garage door would open. Car would pull in. Garage door close. Door from the garage to the kitchen would open and close. And then came the footsteps. Footsteps come from the kitchen, down the hall towards the bedrooms, and then stop. They almost just fade away into nothingness. One time it was so vivid and clear, but I knew no human was outside my bedroom door that I locked my bedroom door because I was so scared. And it was my only defense never progressed more than that. A couple other odd things are the voices I would hear call my name, be vacuuming or cleaning something in the house. I'd hear one of my stepkids call out my name, yell out, what? I'd hear no response. I'd hear them call my name again. I'd yell out, what? Frustrated, I'd look for whichever one called for me at that particular time. I wouldn't find them. Finally, but quickly, I would check outside and I'd see them clear down the street playing with other kids. Believe me when I say there's no way they could have made it down the street from the time I heard them call out my name to the time I saw them playing down the street. Just no way. I did not hear the voice in my head. It was outside my head calling my name. One more thing is the growling. Ever since I've been married to Myron, I have quite randomly heard growling very early in the morning. It's a petrifying sound. Sometimes I wake up in the early morning like around 2 or 3 a.m. and I hear a low guttural growl. The volume and intensity grow and grow. When it happened, I was so scared. I about 10 times in the last 21 years, but it is terrifying. I'm remarried, and it has occurred since me and my new husband have been together. My husband sleeps through it. No one else in my house hears it. Just me. I really don't like it. I just pray and pray through it. So those are some things. I'm an EPP member. I love the show. It gets me through the day. I have some more stories, but they're not mine. They're my son's, who's one half Lakota. I say that because he definitely has a connection to things. I'm not sensitive to the spiritual realm. I'm empathic, I think, or just intuitive. Sometimes I just know what people are thinking just by looking at them. I may just be picking up on subtle facial gestures and cues, though. Anyways, please tell me what you think. Take care and keep up the good work. It's almost kind of, re- kind of like a record player just continues... Mm-hmm. To replay and replay, replay that same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like once he gets that stop, it just replays the next night. Yeah, over and over and over. Yeah, it makes you wonder. I mean, it could be a residual type thing that's going on there, um, but it's always interesting to hear uh, those stories like that. Thank you for uh, for sharing that. Yeah. I, I just want to tell you, you, you look very Nancy Drewish tonight. You got your little cardigan on and your your uh, uh, pink shirt and you got your headphones and your red hair. And and I was thinking of Nan- Nancy Drew because um, did you know? you? I know you watched the first season, right? Yeah. Did you know there's two other seasons? What? Yeah. 
I was I found him yesterday. I was like, oh, Harper likes that show. And I saw there's two more seasons. I'm like, I don't know if she knows that. Me and my dog are going to go binge away on that later tonight. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. Yeah. But speaking of Nancy Drew, mm-hmm. uh, my class, uh, my my uh, teacher put in a book order for a couple books. Mm-hmm. And one of those books happens to be a Nancy Drew book. Awesome. Is it a new Nancy Drew book? Yeah. They're making new Nancy Drew books? Yes. For children. Uh, for children. <laughs> I said, yeah, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I had no idea. I, I thought that it was just the old ones. I didn't know that they were coming out with anything new. I guess what did the, the maybe the show kind of made it uh, popular again. A, the show's like R-rated or something. Yeah. But there was the movie, too, not that long ago. Yes. I don't know. Maybe there's an interest in... Uh, that's cool. Well, that's that's really exciting that you got uh, some new Nancy Drew books coming in. Uh, all right. Let's go to another caller. Let's do this one. It's a long story, but uh, we'll sit back and take a listen on a cold winter's night. Hi, Tony. I'm not sure what happened. I think I dropped the call. Uh, again, my name is Andrew. Um, and I found you guys a show about five months ago. Um, I was just telling you guys about the story of how I moved to Ohio as a military brat. Um, anyway, so they added all these expansions onto the home. Um, and that's when we moved in. We bought it from one of my dad's coworkers. And when we first moved in, the house was light. It was airy. It was Great, um, perfect for a family of four, myself, my two parents, and my little brother. Uh, we moved in about 2009, um, and we stayed for five years in the home. Um, and at first, I stayed in the downstairs room, um, and it was great, you know, original part of the home, things were fine, not really any issue. It wasn't until about five or six months later that my parents decided they wanted the master bedroom. They wanted their own personal bathroom, and I was going to be moving upstairs. And at the time, I wasn't entirely sure of why they would swap bathrooms with me. Um, or bedrooms, my, my fault. So... Um, Anyway, I move up into the upstairs bedroom, and um, I immediately started feeling as if I was being watched every night. Um, the way that the room was kind of set up, because the chimney was kind of poking through the center of the room, they had a wall that kind of divided the front section of the room, the rear section of the room. My bed was positioned in the rear side of the room with my TV on the wall that was actually covering up the chimney. Um, and every night, you know, me being a 14-year-old kid, I would lock my, my bedroom door. It was just a habit I had. I didn't want anybody busting in, you know, whatever. So I would be sitting there, and um, I would feel like I was being watched, and I really wasn't certain of what was going on. This was really my first encounter with anything. Um, But it felt dark. It felt depressing, whatever it was. Um, And this went on for months. I I ended up started struggling with sleep. I couldn't sleep. I would sneak out of the house and 
go stay with friends for the night or whatever, and then I would come back early in the morning before it was time for me to get ready for school. Off I would go to school. Um, and then eventually one night, this, this is burned into my mind. One night I was lying in bed. I had my TV on. I was watching Nick at night. I was the only one home. Um, my dad was on deployment to Iraq and my mom was staying late for an extra shift because she was a nurse. Um, my brother was staying over at a friend's house and my mom was going to go pick him up after work. And so I was all alone in the home. Um, did my same normal routine. I went downstairs. I got showered up. I came upstairs. I was watching TV. Um, I had my door locked and shut. Then my door begins to creak open. And I always kept the hall light on, mostly just to help kind of with the fear of being watched. So it creaked open slowly and I could see the hall light was protruding into my room. I kind of looked around the wall and noticed that the door was open. I thought you know, maybe I didn't shut the door all the way. And so, you know, as the house settled, it opened. So I got up hesitantly um, to go close this door. And as I did so, I got into full front viewing of the door. The door then proceeded slam shut and visibly lock. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it, it still affects me to even think about it. Um, so it visibly shut and locked. Uh, I immediately had one of two options in my, in my mind. Either A, I could run back to my bed, act like nothing happened, proceed to continue watching TV, or B, I, which is the option I decided to go with, I proceeded to dive. So I decided to go with option two and proceeded to dive out of my second story window to get away from whatever entity was holding hostage on my room. Um, wasn't very proud of it, but it is what it is. I then decided to sit on my front step outside of the home until my mother got home later that night. She asked me what I was doing. I just told her, you know, I was out enjoying the, the nice weather that we were having in the summertime. And so I was just getting a breath of fresh air. Um, I then decided to sleep on my couch uh, downstairs. The next morning I woke up, it was a Saturday. I went back upstairs to go take a look at my room hesitantly. And when I wrapped around the corner, my door was wide open again. So I immediately felt as though maybe I was dreaming or whatever the case may be. I was being very skeptical of myself. I wasn't really in all honesty taking what I was doing or seeing to heart. Um, I came back downstairs and asked my mom. I was like, hey, you know, did I, that, was I sitting out on the front porch when you got home or? You know what? What was going? On? And she said, "Yeah, you know, I I came home and you were said you were sitting out on the front porch. Why?" I was like, "Oh, you know, I thought maybe I dreamt that or something." Um, whatever. 
so months go by and I'm still trying to sleep on the couch when I can or I would be leaving the house to go stay with friends until it was time to come back home in the morning. I did not want to be alone in that room at all. Um, eventually, you know, I decided that I need to buck up a little bit and I need to, to stay back in my room. You know, I'm 15. Like, I need to I need to go stay in the room. I'm 15 at that point. So, I'm sleeping in the room. I still feel like I'm being watched. It's very nerve-wracking. Um, somehow I would manage to fall asleep at night, maybe for a couple of hours. My parents, then it was probably about seven, eight months after my incident, decided that they were going to renovate the home again, and they were going to put a bathroom in upstairs so I could have my own personal bathroom again. Um, which I was ecstatic about, you know, very excited to get to work. Me and my dad were going to build it from scratch. We were going to cut into the closet and turn the closet into a bathroom. Um, immediately starting on construction work and demolition, we tore down the, the wall and we noticed there was a beam that had been charred as if the house had caught fire at some point. I thought it was very strange and I found a journal and the journal had entries. It was so beat up. It, it was not well taken care of, obviously, as you found in a wall. Um, had entries dating back to 1905. Um, it was talking about this little girl um, and her experiences living in the home and basically just her family life and things in general. Um, now, I decided, okay, you know what? It, it's time I do a little bit of research on the home. So I had a library card. The library was only a couple blocks away, so I decided to head down to the local library. Uh, what I found after that my my horror of the home and my feeling towards the home. Uh, basically, the first thing I found on the home was it is the third oldest home in the town. Um, and the very first family that lived and owned the property ended up having a fire on the original house. Um, the two parents and three of the children made it out. Two of the children did not make it out. Um, and they had news articles dating back to when this had happened. So that was, you know, a sign of, okay, you know, that, that's got to be what this is. It's got to be just the more I look into the home, the more nerve-wracking I got. Um, there was another gentleman who ended up owning the home later on in the 1920s. Um, he ended up hanging himself in the original bedroom. Um, and then 
it was bought again by another family who left it. They left it um, in the middle of the night. There was no trace of them. They ended up owning the home for maybe approximately about six months. The, the home sat vacant um, all the way up until the 50s when the next homeowner, homeowner, again, same sort of circumstances, fixed it up, made it nice and beautiful again, made it a home just for it to go ahead and be left vacant again. Um, it wasn't until the 70s when the next home owners bought the home and they stayed in the home. Now, in the 70s, mind you, it was a very jarring time for the populace. Everybody was celebrating and they were changing up everything compared to the 60s and, and Vietnam and things like that. And so the people that bought the home, they um, ended up having a, another group stay with them. And so that's why it was renovated again. It's because they had another um, individual come and live with them. So they decided to add an upstairs expansion. Um, this individual had psychological trauma from Vietnam, you know, given the circumstances. And the house, unbeknownst up until this point, was actually known as the Ice Pick Home because the man, um, in a fit of unknown circumstances, decided to charge the homeowners and brutally stabbed them um, a grand total of 97 times with an ice pick um, between the two individuals. Uh, so it was known as the ice pick home. And then in the 80s, when another family bought it, they ended up selling it um, to the current homeowner before us. Um, and they they notified of strange ongoings, but no one would really believe them in the home. Um, there were things after that point that when I would walk around the home, I would feel more than just the one presence after the knowledge. Um, I don't know if it was because I was more susceptible to it or, or what the case may be, but I could feel more than one presence around the house. Um, there was also odd things in the basement that were left there. Um, one of the strangest things is they had a back wall in the basement that was boarding up another room to the basement. So we decided we were going to go ahead and we were going to open it up. Um, when we opened it up, we found all sorts of antiques and knickknacks, jars of old preserved food and things like that. So we thought maybe, you know, given the Cold War era of things, maybe it was like an old bunker or something that somebody had decided to hold within the home. Um, wasn't really sure about all of that. Um, what I do know is that I had started gaining more and more dreams over the upcoming months until we would leave for our next duty assignment. Um, I would envision positions of myself as if um, one instance in particular, I envisioned myself as the ice pick killer um, 
and all the thoughts that were running through my head. I was envisioning that I was hearing these voices saying that I need to kill them to appease the home. I need to kill them to appease the home. And what felt like hours of this torment in this one dream, I then proceeded to see myself in first-person perspective, go and grab one of the ice picks and then walk into a room and brutally murder the two individual homeowners. Um, so the home, in my personal opinion, is probably one of the most haunted homes that I have ever stayed in. And since then, I have had a multitude of experiences after opening myself up to them. Um, and I'll be more than happy to, to share those experiences with, with you guys. But for now, I think I will leave you guys with just this one story of the home. Um, if you guys have any questions, you can feel free to call me. My phone number is area. That part we don't do. Okay. Uh, there's a bunker in my basement, and I don't like it. <laughs> Making jingles up again, I see. Yes, yes, I am. That would be interesting to have a bunker in your basement. We kind of have one. I mean, it's for tornadoes. But like, uh, like a war bunker, we don't have one. Yeah, like, uh, like the movie Blast from the Past, or like whatever like, like bunker a- they had in Am Am Amityville. <laughs> bunker in Amityville. Oh, you mean like when the wall comes out? Yes. Well, that wasn't like a. There was like hidden tunnels that they thought that that now that wasn't real. That didn't actually happen. But um, in the movie, the newer movie, there was like hidden tunnels that they didn't know that they had. That there wasn't like a bunker. Well, but, I mean, it technically would be one if you knew it was there. But in the story, well, it was like hidden. It wasn't necessarily just tunnels. Mm-hmm. It was actually more so like rooms. And yeah. Yeah. So that would be more so considered a bunker. It would be, yeah. If yeah, it, but wouldn't that be fun to find one? That you've oh, like had God, no idea. No. Oh S- God! Suddenly, no. like, Dad, what's the hole in the floor over? Oh, that's the hidden secret bunker that uh, our house is built on an old missile site. Uh, I'm good. Uh, I'd rather not find one of those. Do you, there's actually places where people do uh, go and buy old missile silos, and people live in them. Why? They're very spacious. <laughs> You got to look up, look that up on YouTube. Uh, no, it's really interesting just to see what people have done. It's nothing that you'd want to do, but it's interesting to see. I so, don't want to live in a missile asylum. Silo. Silo. I'm not going to. I'm just saying, just watch the YouTube. It's just funny to watch. Interesting. Very interesting what people have done. These uh, people have many monies and a lot of stupidity. I know their thought is if, you know, if anything does go wrong uh, up here, they really will be, you know, they can ride out a nuclear blast or something. But my question is, um, let's say you do that. Uh, I don't know that I really want to come back up to the top and and deal with what that's going to be. So, yeah. I don't know. That's just anyway. Let's go to another caller. Hi, you are on the air. Hi. So um, this is kind of uh, a family story, but um, in the family house that we've been living in, um, we've always had the same um, consecutive uh, uh, same uh, story that um, every time that we go to sleep, um, I would wake up with scratches on me and at first I thought it was just me 
um, scratching myself in the middle of the night. But then um, um, I showed my mom like how bad my scratches were because they were on my chest, on my neck, on my back. And she had the same scratches, maybe not in the same places, but they were scratches on her. And then um, my brother was living here. Uh, he started getting scratches on his body as well. So obviously... It can't just be that we're all scratching ourselves in the middle of the night while we're sleeping. Um, it was just kind of weird that we were getting these scratches in the middle of the night. Um, and the main thing about our house um, is, it's kind of so funny saying this, but um, we always hear the front door um, open and close and the garage door open and close. And like, it's clear as day. And then we hear shuffle of feet and I would almost be always like, mom, hello? And I would hear the feet, I would hear the front door, I would even go to the front door and no one would be there. I would hear jiggle of the keys, no one would be there. I would hear the sound of the garage door. And it wouldn't just be me, it'd be my mom hearing these, my my brother hearing all this. Um, It's just the sound of the house. It's like someone's in there, but um, no one's there. And but mainly that the feet and the and the in the door being open and closed. So I don't really know what that is. I don't know if it's a, a spirit in our house or what, but um it's just definitely weird. So just wanted to get your take on that. Okay. There's definitely something there. The scratches are what concerns me. The scratches definitely very concern me. Like a lot. Yeah. I mean, while other things may be fairly tame, um, the, uh, the anytime you got something that's like harming you physically, that's, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it's it's a hard one to say exactly what that is in, in that short of a, a two-minute phone call. But uh, if more things are going on, I would love to hear uh, more of, uh, of your experiences. All right, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air, become an extra podcast person, sign up at ghostpodcast.com. Or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. You can get access to our bonus episodes, advanced episodes, ebook, audiobook, and so much more. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time for Harper, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. If you want more real ghost stories and access to the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories, become an extra podcast person, an EPP. Sign up now at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories.